A source for sports, Surrey, the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com. This is In Goal Radio, the podcast. I'm Darren Millard. You know, parallels to goaltending can be found almost anywhere if you're looking hard enough, including this podcast. As we lean on past episodes and take what we learned that could potentially make this product a little bit better the next time out. And like playing goal, we have to be a little bit quick on our feet. There's a fine line between being prepared and then adapting as you go. And as we bring in the founders of In Goal Magazine, Dave Hutchison and Kevin Woodley, last time out we set up the fact that episode 16 was to feature Sean Burke as the feature interview. But that conversation will now be bumped back to episode 17 because being as adaptable as we've become, we've moved around and squeezed in the winningest goaltender in Montreal Canadiens history, Carey Price, who became available at the last minute. And we are pleased that Carey Price is coming up. So Hutch, Carey Price makes his in-goal radio debut. How nervous do you think he was for this conversation? Uh, I think you could tell, especially when Kevin asked him uh, in the interview why he enjoys going to Kelowna every summer and sort of suggested that it might be to hang out with us. Uh, it was ni- nice of you to try that, Kev. Um, yeah, it was it was great to have carry on, and we've we've been really fortunate to uh, meet with him each of the last, uh, I guess it's three summers now, up in Kelowna for a day, uh, courtesy of our friend uh, Eli Wilson, who puts on this uh, sort of magical camp for a day, where uh, eighteen kids, or in in one case a beer leaguer, uh, come in and get to spend the day with Kerry. And it's uh, it's an amazing experience. They have breakfast at the table together. They do their dry land together. They have a couple of ice sessions together. Kerry uh, is in the room with the kids, uh, changing like he's a teammate, uh, talking with them, uh, answering just about any question you could ever imagine. It's uh, it, it really is just like you're hanging with the best goaltender on the planet for for a day. Um, Kevin. Yeah, I think he's, it's funny because I think he's actually gotten more and more comfortable in that environment. We've watched it, Hutch, from the year year one through last year where um, now, it's it's ironic actually. I I think when we had him on the interview, and I love how you said we just squeezed him in, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. We we totally, you know, we were willing to go that far and make that adjustment just to get carry on. Um, You know what? We weren't just lining up. I was ready to do a, a two-pad stack, and then I decided, no, I'm just going to do a butterfly slide. At the last minute, I'm I'm that adaptable. Yeah, it's good. And, and Kerry talks about two-pad stacks in his interview, but it's interesting. We wanted to try and work in listener questions for this interview to sort of yeah, imitate, capture what it's like to be in the room with him at that event, because it really is just sitting around shooting the breeze. But I think actually forcing the listener questions into this interview made it even more formal than what it's like in that room. Like it really is just a conversation. When you're in on this day, you're sitting in a locker room like you would with your teammates as a kid, like you would with your beer leaguers as an adult, and you're just talking hockey. You just happen to be talking hockey with and asking questions of the best goaltender, arguably, in my opinion, in the world. So it's uh, it's a pretty good deal. We're happy to be along with it. And as I understand, there's still a few spots to squeeze in. So you can check out the, check out the website and all the social media for both Eli Wilson Goaltending and In Goal Magazine to get more of those details. I think. Okay, so a couple of the Tendi, Tendi Fest is coming up, and I, I'll get to that in just a second because I, I'm going to experience it for the first time. But the Carey Price Day at uh, Eli Wilson uh, Goaltending Camp, you mentioned Beer Leader yeah. Hutch. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
people people all ages uh, can sign uh, up for this? Absolutely, people all ages can sign up for it. Cool. Um, the, the beer leaguer who came out was just a fantastic guy. I think he was from Montreal. And uh, the the camp includes, and I, I think uh, I think t- the deadline is at the end of today uh, to have a set of custom CCM gear included uh, for each camper. Uh, after today, they'll still be able to register for the camp, but the gear has to, uh, the orders have to go in. So, but but I mentioned that because the beer leaguer who uh, who came out was kind enough to donate the gear back so that it could, could go to a goaltender who uh, couldn't afford gear for himself. Uh, for his regular season play. Uh, for him, it was really just all about that experience of hanging out with Kerry. And uh, absolutely, everybody's welcome. Yeah, and you know what? He was totally comfortable and he had a blast. Huge Montreal Canadiens fan. And we'll give him a shout out here. It's Kerry Gillings, K E R R Y Gillings with a G. So hopefully I'm pronouncing the last name right. It's been a few years since he came out. Um, and he is our only beer leaguer to date. I'm surprised we haven't had more. Because the environment is such that whether you're you're 10 or 40 or or even older, um, you're going to be comfortable there. And that's the thing. As I said, Kerry kind of makes you comfortable no matter who you are. Hey, if you can be comfortable with us in the room, you can be comfortable with anyone. One thing he probably wouldn't do for the beer leaguers that he does for the kids, though, is tie skates, put toe ties on, tape sticks. I mean, it really was pretty amazing. We, we decided one year that uh, we'd get Carrie to tape a stick the way he likes to do it on video, and we'll probably get one of those up on our social before too long. Um, but of course, instantly when we did that for one of our sticks, a lineup started of all these smaller kids. Carrie, can you tape my stick? And then suddenly, Carrie, can you show me how to do my toe ties? Carrie, can you do my skates up? And, you know, he didn't miss a beat with any of them. It was like he was Uncle Carrie helping out everybody. Just just a great guy. Mm-hmm. Wait. Wait, wait till I tell him, say, Carrie, can you go get me a beer? <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look forward to it. We, we will give you the contact information later on in this episode. And Hutch, can we put it in the show 100%, notes uh, as far as uh, how, to, uh, how to get into that? Because I don't know how to do that part. <laughs> uh, a couple of uh, things that, uh, that I want to make sure that we get to. One is uh, Woody, uh, Mikey DiPietro, a uh, good friend of... Uh, Ingle Magazine uh, has been a great uh, run right now between being drafted and then uh, winning Memorial Cup and and being on the run with the Ottawa 67s. But he's injured as the Ottawa 67s close in on a berth and the uh, Memorial Cup, his status. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Um, I think if you know Michael DiPietro, the prognosis is something he thinks like everything else. Any other question marks he'll overcome in time for the Memorial Cup. But uh, what, Memorial Cup's what, like 11, 12 days away as we record this today? And it's a typically a five to six week injury. It's a high ankle sprain. Uh, you saw him sort of go into reverse VH at speed and just kind of collapse off a rush chance. And uh, I think everybody, you know, it's funny, the Ingle writers group uh, that we have on Twitter right away is like everybody speculated high ankle. Um, and that's what it is. And it's, you know, it's one that you have to be careful with, I think, as a goaltender, as much as uh, Mikey will be keen to get back and think he can overcome it. Uh, if you think about the movements we go through and the need to maintain mobility and, and range of motion through that, through the ankle, uh, and you think about the mobility, that's a key part of his game. I mean, the kid's just so dynamic and explosive. Um, you know, it's, he's probably in tough to get back for the Memorial Cup, but I would never count him out, out of anything. Um, it's just too bad because it's been it's been a nice run. We all know what happened here in Vancouver when he got thrown into the game. Didn't go well. Um, you know, I thought and heard some things about when he went back to Ottawa was maybe a little too focused, 
on next season in the NHL. Right down to he wore his NHL chest protector in the Ontario Hockey League rather than going back to his NHL or his, you know, OHL legal, not NHL legal, much larger, more coverage chest protector because it was all about, you know, getting ready for turning pro next year. And um, I wondered as he struggled when he first went back, whether that was costing him a little bit. Um, But clearly he's made the adjustment. And I mean, he was perfect in the playoffs before the injury. Like I just... I'd never count this kid out of anything. I love his attitude. I love his work ethic. I love everything sort of about his, his game and how he approaches it. And um, yeah, so you, you hope he'll be back. If not, I guess the good news is he'll be ready to start training probably by June or July and get ready for a big season as first year pro after that. Looking forward to uh, the Memorial Cup and uh, becoming a, a potentially a two-time winner with two different teams would be something very unique for uh, Mikey DiPietro. So we have uh, we have the Eastern Conference Final set up, and Tuka Rask is a former Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to troll Maple Leaf fans right now. Uh, Tuka Rask is a former Toronto Maple Leaf, and Curtis McElhaney uh, was lost off waivers. They could be the starting goaltenders for the Eastern Conference final. What what an incredible weird journey this has been for uh for Curtis McElhaney. Yeah, and uh one of one like he's he's a guy that's been good with us at Ingle over the years. Like one of one of our favorites because of that, right? Like you have good conversations along the way. Um you know, I thought he made big strides in his game and and he's told us and would t- I think tell people the same. Um, in Columbus, uh, when he was with the Blue Jackets, as much as that term didn't end well for him, I think it was an injury that kind of finished off his time there. Uh, he really sort of modernized and updated his game there under Ian Clark. Um, and he, he was so good last year for Toronto. I don't want to ignite the whole Maple Leafs backup who should have been controversy. Um, there's enough of that going on in that city all the time, it seems. Uh, and, and we happen to be fans of Garrett Sparks as well, but you know, to do what he did last year, to post a 9.34 playing every 12 days on average is just an incredible sort of testimony to A, the mental strength he has, and B, the that foundation that he's developed in his game. Like, to me, technique breeds consistency. Um, if you're relying on rhythm and feel too much, there's no way you're able to find your form playing once every 12 days. It's just not possible. And I think we saw both those elements come into play when when Mrazek got hurt. Comes off the bench, something he's done in Toronto before, hasn't played in a while, and he just knows and believes and trusts that foundation, his game, his staples, his anchors, and he's able to go out there and play to them right out of the box without sort of letting all the mental clutter that could probably get in the way of a lot of guys get in his way. So it's a it it's testimony to a lot of positives about him as an athlete as an, as, and as a goaltender. Some are innate in ter- and some are experienced from the mental side of things. Some are evolution in terms of technical and the way his game has evolved over the years. And you're kind of, kind of seeing that all together right now uh, in the playoffs. That said, fully expect Peter Mrazek to start game one of the Eastern Conference Final. Um, he's a different goaltender. I kind of put it this way. Mrazek's way more, he plays way more sort of outside the box and around the edges. Curtis is is a lot more structured. And in some ways, that's why it makes sense, as good as Curtis was in the second round, to go to Mrazek. Because if that injury Mrazek suffered doesn't allow him to be dynamic and you need to go to Curtis, you know he's able. 
Whereas the other way around, like asking Morazic to come off the bench is to me more of an unknown. You've got sort of this, you've got this trump card sitting on the bench if things don't go well for Morazic. And and again, Peter's game's the opposite. It's more reliant on rhythm and timing. So if it's off at all after after not playing for a while, not a bad fallback option in Curtis Magalani. Even if even if you could you know, probably start him and still have success, uh, he's just such a good option coming off the bench that that that's probably the way I'd roll if I was Carolina out of the gate. And for the kids, uh, use the interweb because uh, this is nothing new for the Carolina Hurricanes going back to 2002-2006 and their runs to the Stanley Cup final using uh, both goaltenders or multiple goaltenders uh, on the road to a, to a fourth round. It's Curtis McElhaney, the oldest goaltender to make his first career playoff start, and he's in goal for Carolina as they go to the uh, Eastern Conference final. And Jordan Bennington, 10's goal for the St. Louis Blues as the Blues return to the Western Conference final. Uh, let's uh, move over to Tendy Fest. Hutch, what do I need to know? My my final little Coles notes uh, for Tendy Fest as uh, as we get ready for things happening in a couple of weeks. I think you got to be ready to be interactive, Darren, because I remember the first year we went when there was a little bit of a hiccup. We mentioned it in a previous episode because the power was out in the rink. And as we arrived, there was a lineup of folks uh, just waiting to talk goaltending, and it didn't stop all day long. It's uh, it's incredible how many people come. It's uh, I know all sorts of people from Vancouver Island that are making plans to make the trip already, uh, asking me which ferry I'm going on and so on. Um, people are really excited, and it's a chance to to interact with all kinds of people. Uh, Darren, the big question I have for you, though, is uh, will we be seeing you on the ice testing gear? Yes. I'm going to bring my skates. You need to test a lot. That's the only thing I'm going to bring. I don't think you can demo uh, cups there. You might want to bring that as well. Okay, well, that, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, but I, was, I mentioned to to, uh, to Woody last week that I've never I've never done the the try before you buy. So this is this is going to be fascinating. The, and the source for sports is are the guys going to be there? Like, Everybody, oh, yeah. There. The, Cam the whole, will be there. Oh, the whole crew. The legendary Cam. Cam. If we can still get Cam's head will, through the door, will we have photos? For, okay. we'll will we have photos ready there. for Cam to sign for people as well? We're going to have to work on it. We're I think de- we yeah, I think that. we may have some. Yeah, he starred in a few, I believe, of those. You see those reviews that everyone's fallen in love with? We keep sending people to the uh, the hockeyshop.com, Hockey Shop Source for Sports Reviews online. Cam is quite often the model. Uh, he doesn't. He's not just a hand model for in-goal social media batting glove campaigns. He's also the model for a lot of... He wears a lot of different gear out there, and they take photos of him, and... That's the only difference. Like, this is going to be the interesting thing for him. Like, on the podcast, you know, as they've told me many times over my life, I have a face for radio. Um, You know, nobody's ever seen Cam. Uh, When he's in the gear, he's got a mask on. So, like, the question will be, do people recognize him? I think the rock star status is at a level where people will. Um, And, yeah, I mean, Tendy Fest is as good a time to interact with these guys not everyone's as lucky as me and you, Hutch. We get to go interact with them anytime at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports in Surrey. Uh, it's where we go for all our gear needs because of their expertise. It's where we go because of their selection, all the top brands. It's where we go for their accessories. And that's going to bring us into this week's conversation with Cam. You know, we've talked about the latest from Brian's, the latest from Bauer, the latest from CCM and Vaughn and Warrior. We've gone over all the gear lines and we'll continue to do that with different models and different uh, 
versions and price points over the summer. But it's important not to forget, much like that batting glove, these guys source out accessories that they think can make a difference to your game. They look for unique things. And this week we talked about toe tie options. As all those brands we just talked about go to more of an elastic bungee system, uh, it makes sense that there's also some aftermarket products for goalies who are still in older pads that want to try that type of setup. Um, and, and Cam reviews that with me this week. So um, it's reasons like that that you should check out the Hockey Shop Source for Sports in Surrey. It's reasons like that that you should check them out at the at thehockeyshop.com. And it's reasons like that you should come join us at Tendy Fest on May 26 at Burnaby 8 Rinks. Uh, as Darren said, as Hutch said, on ice testing, the other part of the hockey shop we love is they have tons of demo gear. So you can, if you live in the lower mainland, try before you buy at any time. Um, but what Tendy Fest does is gives you a chance to try multiple sets, multiple brands on the same ice, compare them, like literally go out in the new 2X Pro and see what you like about how that pad fits and feels on your leg. Come off the ice, go back into the demo area, swap it out for a set of CCME Flex 4, and hit the ice within a half an hour and compare and contrast. How does a glove feel? How do the pads feel? Um, it, you know, it really is unique. It's a big investment to buy goaltending equipment. We like in our reviews to give you a sense of how it's going to play and what style it benefits, uh, what style it suits, and whether it's for you. But at the end of the day, we're so unique in our preferences that the best way to do it is to try it in person and uh, Tendy Fest on May 26th at Burnaby 8 Rinks, thanks to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports and thehockeyshop.com is absolutely the best place to do it. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of people there. Looking forward to seeing Darren there. Um, we're going to do a live podcast from the event. We're going to have uh, Pete Smith from Warrior. Uh, we're going to have uh, um, a couple guys from Bauer, probably have Spencer from Bauer, uh, Mark Giniak from Bauer. We've got Alex Ald coming on board, talk a little CCM gear and also just talk about his pro career. You know what a good guest he was before. Uh, and we've also got Stefan Siglet, whose brother Jordan is the Calgary Flames goaltending coach. Um, he's going to walk us through some concussion, uh, some sort of concussion recovery um, methods and treatment options that I don't think we get to hear a lot about. So almost like a little mini uh, symposium. We'll have a couple hours of live podcast there. It's going to be a blast, boys. Will our favorite skate sharpener be there? That's that's who I really want to meet. You know what? Um, we might have to make special arrangements for you, yeah. Darren. But Cecil is on IR right now, so uh, oh, take out a little time. Okay. So, um, but that's the thing. That's the beauty. The expertise is shared there, so he passes yeah. down all that uh, fantastic knowledge to the other guys. So your sharpening is still fresh edges every time you go. Um, and yeah, same same thing in the shop, right? They know how to talk gear. They all. That's again. That's why we love it. You're not walking in to talk to high school kids or forwards to try and sell you goalie gear. You're walking in there to talk to lifelong goal, lifelong goaltenders that all play the position that have intimate knowledge of how each piece of equipment is going to work for you. We should probably just follow up. Um, Darren, I think showing up only with skates and maybe even if you bring your cup isn't quite going to be enough. They don't have every little yeah. bit of gear uh, available for testing. Good point. There's plenty of gloves and pads I think I saw some pants and chesties going out, but I don't think there's nearly as many if there are. You really need to bring pretty much everything of your own except for the pads and gloves. Uh, isn't that right, Kevin? Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, there may be more opportunities to test. Uh, like I'm not sure about sticks, but at the end of the day, you need to bring with you 
everything except the pads and gloves that you would normally wear. Obviously, we're not going. They're not going to lend you undergarments and and jocks. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure about pants. You need to definitely bring your own. It's all about the pads and the gloves for the most part. The chance to test those and just tons of sizes. You've been there, Hutch. Like you see the fleet that Bauer brings. Like it's an entire wall of this big gymnasium. Like half the wall is all Bauer products. So whether you're a kid or a senior, whether you want to try the highest price point or the next one down, um, they're going to have everything there. Date and time. May 26th at Burnaby Eight Rinks in Vancouver and a little bit of the suburbs of Vancouver and Burnaby. And the time is... Hey, that's as, a good as, question. As before we'll you give the time... Up. Before you get the time, you can buy that day? You can buy that day. Yes, you can. Okay. So you're bringing the checkbook, Darren? What's going on here? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I might bring an empty bag, borrow your stuff beyond beyond my skates, and and cop... There's a joke in there somewhere. And... And 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 then maybe I'll have uh, be able to fill up the bag. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, we'll be doing the live podcast probably somewhere between 1:30 to 3:30 p.m. Um, but I will throw the caveat out there as we have in the past. Hutch, uh, show up early uh, if you want to yes. get out early and on the ice. We do see a lineup form. You have to fill out a little bit of paperwork on your way in. Um, it's not a bad idea if you if you. Plan on testing like three, four different sets. Get there early, get out of the gate, get on there early, and then you'll have more time to rotate through. The world-famous Tendy Fest, uh, source for sports, Surrey, uh, the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com. I cannot wait. And and I'm more looking forward to seeing uh, Hutch and Woody on the ice uh, doing their thing. Only oh, taking yeah. pictures, yeah. my friend. That is going to happen. My, mini Hutch might be on the ice, but this Hutch has only got a camera that day. And and meeting Cam, I'm not sure. Cam, does Cam look look more like George Clooney or does he look more like Jerry Seinfeld? I'm going to try and pick him out because I've only ever heard his heard heard his voice uh, on the on the gear segment. The gear segment's coming up in uh, in just a little bit as uh, we pivot over to our feature interview. 66 games this year, matching the second single season total of his career. We're talking about uh, Carey Price. Montreal did not make the playoffs, but it was a solid bounce back year for both the franchise and in some respects, Price himself. Uh, the, the Habs went a long way this year uh, in reestablishing themselves, and a milestone for Carey Price was included in that. He lowered his GAA, he bumped up his SVPG and his shutout total, so it was a good year. Hutch and Woody know him beyond just the CH through Carey's contributions and his work at Eli Wilson uh, goalie camp. But uh, most of you know the man that wears the Montreal Canadiens sweater. He's Carey Price, and he's chilling out with us on In Goal Radio, the podcast. Unusual that we get to catch up with these athletes uh, during uh, such a a period of time where we don't know exactly what's going on. So, uh, Carey, what are we interrupting right now? Well, I just got back from the gym and just ate lunch, so now overlooking little Millie and she's in her little jumper. Sounds like a pretty good day. Yeah, it's a pretty good day so far. What uh when you say just back from the gym, what are you are you doing? Is it cardio? Is it strength training? Is it uh flexibility? Um well right now I'm just I just got today was my first day of, of working out. Um 
under the guidance of our strength and conditioning coach. They they send me a workout via an app, and I just follow that program. So just kind of right now, it's been it's pretty light day today. So just you know, I haven't really really haven't done much for like the last month or so, and uh, just trying to get the body back into into motion and start feeling good about myself again. You feeling it at all? Were you bagged? No, it was it was a pretty light day today. It's mostly um, a lot of corrective exercises and just trying to get my my body back to uh, back to a, a good state after a long season. Kerry, we've talked about yoga in the past. Um, usually, uh, when we see you at the Eli Wilson Day, it's kind of one of the subjects that comes up in terms of what you're doing in the off season. Is yoga still a big part of of your off season and, and your regular season? Because it's something that's been so tied to goaltenders over the past couple of years. It seems like it's a part of a lot of guys' routines. Sure, yeah. I think it's definitely important. I've been working with Jen Wheaton. She's from uh, Pennsylvania, and typically we get together, especially in August. Um, you know, when I start skating again and start training, you start working muscles that uh, are hard to work out in the gym. So I find myself getting a little shortened in my, you know, my growings and my hamstrings and, you know, like all those stabilizing muscles. So I find that uh, doing uh, about an hour or so after practice definitely helps that. The transition from rookie to veteran to uh, a guy that's uh, um, one of the more experienced goaltenders in the National Hockey League. How has your off-season training changed from the uh, from the last maybe eight years? Well, when I was uh, you know, in my early 20s, training didn't start until usually until the middle of July. You know, it's, uh, it's gradually uh, gotten longer. And uh, I just feel now that it's easier to it's easier to maintain if I'm just, you know, kind of active fairly quickly after the season ends. Um, you know, those days of, of totally doing nothing for, you know, a couple of months are, are, are long gone now. I miss those days of doing nothing. Gary Hutch here. Uh, we, we've been lucky enough to spend a day with you each summer with Eli Wilson up in Kelowna. And, and I don't know about you, but for us, one of the, the best, parts of that day is when you're sitting around in the room with the kids and just uh, talking hockey. So wondering if you'd be okay if we just uh, shared a couple of listener questions here with you, uh, maybe reminiscent of that uh, locker room time with Eli here a bit. Sure. No problem. Perfect. So, um, well, one of the ones has to do with uh, this year versus last year. And um, one of, one of the listeners wants to know, do you notice a difference in how your game was this year versus last year, or is it just the end result that's changed and, and you've just been the same guy? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a, a tough question. You know, you always feel like, feel like everything is, is results driven really, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I feel like this year I got the results I would like to see. Um, I don't know exactly how that came whether it was just generally playing better or getting luckier or you know just had the right right mentality but i feel like um you know when everything went well a few years ago and had that that record that record season that you know there wasn't anything that i could have done that i couldn't do no wrong if you know what i mean 
and then last and then last year it just seemed like no matter what I did, if I if I tried to play passive and not too aggressive, it didn't work. If I tried to play, you know, super aggressive and tried to do too much, that didn't work either. So just trying to find uh trying to find that that razor's edge and, and walk that. I feel like uh I was able to find a groove this year and we played we played well defensively too, so I can't take the you know, the brunt of the credit, but, you know, I definitely thought that our defensive play was better this season and, and we saw results in that regard. It's so funny. Eh? Goaltending never exists in a vacuum. Team play matters. How hard is it, Kerry, sometimes when to separate results from performance? I've talked to a lot of guys over the years about this. Sometimes, you know, the difference between good numbers and bad numbers over a couple of weeks is one goal here or one goal there. And when you look at it, it's like, well, I wouldn't have done anything different on this play. It just went in. How hard is it to not get caught up or how do you avoid getting caught up in numbers and just focusing on the process as a pro? Yeah, that's. I think that at the end of the day, that was, uh, you know, a bigger difference this season. I was able to, <laughs> I was able to, um, you know, put the, put, put goals behind me easier. Um, you know, I think for myself, the game, the, the NHL has changed so much between the time I started and, and what you see out there today. And you can't get too caught up in, in giving up, you know, three or four goals, you know, cause that's just going to happen more regularly in today's NHL. You see it, you see it on a nightly basis where you see, you know, teams are putting up seven, eight spots on a regular basis. So it's, it's uh it's a trying time to be a goalie but it's also um it's also a great challenge just picking up on something that you mentioned about being aggressive or or passive and and the way things uh, end up going uh around you in game based on how your body feels or or how the game is going do you adjust uh that or do you just stick with the game plan and and what you guys have worked on yeah, I try my best in practice to prepare, you know, my game. So I do all my thinking in practice. And so by the time I get to the game, I just play instinctually because I don't want to be, you know, over overthinking or overcomplicating things out there. So there's uh, there's always there's always certain things that you you key in on, like you know, situational awareness of, you know the shooters, which, which hand the shooters are and whatnot, you know, tip, tip situations. There are always things that you're reading and trying to think about during a game, but execution is something I just try and try and let happen instinctually. Okay. We've got, if we just take it back to the the listeners here, we got a question from Evan Barry that I think flows into what we've been talking about here, Kerry. And he, he'd like to know uh, what methods you use to keep yourself calm uh, in the chaos, stress, and frustration out on the ice? It's not always the easiest thing, but I think, uh, you know, as a, like you said, as a veteran guy on the team, it's important that I maintain composure. Um, there's times where snapping is necessary and and getting a point across is, is necessary, but I feel like you know, at uh, at that instance on the ice, whether you get scored on or you get a bad call against you, it's just important to to stay focused on the task at hand. When was the last time Carey Price snapped? It happens. It happens 
not like super regularly, but I think the first, last time it happened on the ice was probably in Anaheim. But, uh, and that was two seasons ago, not this past season, the season before. And, you know, they, they will tend to tend to play those, those uh, situations, you know, when, when they happen. So I think it's important, especially to, to stay, to stay, composed when when you know everybody's watching okay we're gonna go back to the listeners one more time here carrie um in part because they actually ask much better as you know when we're in that locker room at the eli wilson camp they usually ask a lot better questions than i tend to so i'm just gonna lean on them from now on so jora lev uh who's a 10 year old from edmonton i believe just wants to know about your game day routine what do you do on a game day to make sure when that puck drops you're ready well the morning's kind of uh kind of you know, kind of hit or miss, I guess. We, we Some days we skate, other days we don't. I feel like there's some days where I feel like I might need to skate a little bit to get to get moving if we've had a couple of days off or, you know, for, for whatever reason I haven't practiced. It's important that I get out in the morning and skate around a little bit. But if I'm playing a lot and, and we get a lot of practices in or whatever, it's a lot of times I'll, I'll take an option now. Um, but when I get to the rink, typically you know, a couple of hours, two or two and a half hours before the game starts. <clears throat> I don't do anything really unusual. Um, you know, I'll usually, you know, change into my, change into my shorts and t-shirt and whatever, and, and then tape my stick. And that's something that I usually do every game. I usually tape up a new stick. Most, most games will tape up a new one. But uh, other than that, I'll stretch a little bit, talk with the guys. We usually have a, uh, you know, pregame meeting where we go over, you know, t- tactical stuff with uh, four checks and power plays and penalty kills and whatnot. So I don't think I really do anything un- unusual. I could try and do a dynamic warm up like we we cover at the camp and um, listen to music. Following up on that, uh, we have K Phrase eighty five. I got to be honest, is a counts lock, so I don't know who this really is, but. Just to continue after a game, he wanted to know what your go-to's are for recovery after a game, after a practice, after practice in the season. That's another thing that's kind of situational too, because you know, when we're on the road, a lot of times we're practicing up at maybe somebody at another team's practice facility, or you know, after a game, we're leaving right after the game, so you don't get a ton of time to to do a whole lot of recovery stuff. You might get a quick stretch in after a game or after a practice, but. Everybody wants to get that that equipment and all your stuff packed up right after practice to get it moving, whether it's to the plane or back to the to the game rink to get packed up. So I find that my my post game routine at home is typically a little bit longer. Um, sometimes I'll stretch directly after the game, or sometimes I'll stretch it when I get home. Is there? Fo- do you are you a foam rolling guy? Do you foam roll after? We've seen you pull out the. Uh, we've seen you. I've seen you pull out like the golf ball before you go down the ice for the bottom of the foot. Are you, you? Is that something you use again? I guess depends on the time you have. But is that part of that routine? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm a big foam roller. I, I enjoy it. I. I feel like it helps. Uh, you know, kind of get your back feeling good and. You know, there's there's lots of things you can use the foam roller for, but yeah, I'm definitely a big believer in it. All right, well, foam roller gets us a little closer to gear, and uh, A Flores twenty nine on Instagram would like to know why did you stick with the all white gear in the end? 
Um, just the guys liked it. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know if like all white pads necessarily look that much bigger or not, but you know, things, things were going well with the white pad. So we just stuck with it. When you said guys like it, like your teammates liked it or. Yeah. Yeah. Teammates like it. They, they call them the white pillows. I had, I had, uh, I had a, a set of all red pads that I wore quite frequently in practice too. Yeah. The guys like those too. I like those for sure. Uh, so J Pat Stewart also on Instagram sticking with the gear theme wants to know why you switched to the 590 brake. It's something that I played around with um, last summer. I just thought that uh, I don't know. I just kind of like that kind of that that leading edge on the top of the glove, and I like the way it the, the way it presented itself when I was reaching towards pucks. Did it impact you playing the puck at all? At first, it did. Yeah, I felt like it was a little awkward, um, just a, just a little change, but it didn't take too long to get used to that. Would you have been able to hit that camera hole uh, with, with the other break? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe. It was a pretty good shot. <laughs> it was a good shot. The music in the room. You said you'd like to listen to music. Uh, what, what's your go-to choice? And do you have a cutoff, uh, whether it's uh, unofficial or not, of when you want to be chatting uh, before the game and where, when you just zone in? Um, I feel, for, for me personally, we... You know, we listen to all sorts of music and before the game. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of rock personally, but, you know, we can't just play the same thing over and over again. It gets kind of redundant. So we play a lot of different different styles of music to keep it to keep it fresh. And I like to, I would like to roll um, music directly right into warm-up because uh, after warm-up, I feel like there's lots of time to talk about what's going on what's going on before the game, you know, directly after warm up to when the puck drops, we've still got 16 minutes to talk about a lot of things. And, uh, like I said, when we all get to the rink, we're usually sitting in the locker room taping snacks and getting ready for the game talking about that. So I feel like music is part of getting into the zone and part of, part of the warm up routine. Carrie Price is with us with Woody Hutch and, uh, Darren Millard. Uh, Woody, go ahead. Yeah, I got one last one from the from the listeners, Carrie, and that's uh, this is actually a little bit more of a detailed one. And again, they do a better job asking these questions or questions than I do. So um, he was wondering if uh, when a player skating down about to rip a shot, as the player goes to take it, where should the goalie's focus be? Should it be the puck or should it be the stick blade? I guess he's having some problems in terms of he feels like his tracking. Uh, he seems to lose it after the release, and then it kind of it can surprise him a little bit when it when when he catches up to it. Where's your focus, say on an open release or a guy coming down a wing? Ooh, that's. Uh, I feel like that's. Uh, it's hard to like zone on one particular thing. I feel like it's kind of a soft focus on the on the picture. You know, I don't know if it's just because I've seen about a billion shots in my career, but um, you know, I feel like uh, you can tell how a guy's going to shoot just by his body positioning, um, his hand positioning is, you know, obviously a stick blade. And, and finally you're tracking the puck using your eyes. So I feel like it's kind of a soft focus of all those tangibles. Uh, what's your routine after overtime and you're going to a shootout? Do you do anything to refresh about who they may send out or do you go on the pregame meeting? I just try and, uh, like, again, I just try and, 
stay instinctual. Um, I don't like knowing what, what guys' tendencies are because I find that it can get you in trouble. You know, I'd rather I'd rather get beat. I'd rather get on beat on a move, um, not cheating, than be cheating on a move and get beat on a on a different move. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that seems to be the consensus. Of, like for when I remember when shootouts first started, guys would talk about wanting to see video, but then you you, you get caught leaning one way because you see the same shot and he goes the other way, and you can look pretty. Uh, these guys are getting pretty good at making you think one thing's coming and delivering another, right? Eh? Yeah, for sure. I feel like um, I feel like players aren't aren't really that dumb either. You know, they probably <laughs> got a they got a couple of moves. You know, one A and one B moves that kind of go hand in hand. You know, so if option A isn't open, there's definitely uh, usually option B that's looking good. So I try and like I said, I try not to to lean too much in option A. Hey, we'll take. I want to take you back one one quick one. I think we know the answer to this one in terms of your influence, but when do you like when you started playing and I know how big a role your dad played in your career growing up, but we had a listener that wanted to know what your earliest memory was of being a goalie and who your biggest influence was growing up. I remember my first, my first um, memory of being a goalie. My dad made me these pads out of like, it was like some, some foam, you know, he had, had the, had the little, outside roll glued on there with some foam and then eventually i got some road warrior pads that had uh that had sharks on them and uh playing uh playing some hockey on the back on the backyard pond with with that has been my earliest recollection of playing goal what do you uh, what do you keep from your career is it masks uh, pads uh what do you what do you hold on to yeah i got i got just i got most of my masks um there's a there's a few that I don't that I don't have, but for the most part I have all of them, and I got a lot of jerseys from All Star games and you know Team Canada's and whatnot. Um, yeah, a lot of puck, a lot of different a lot of pucks. Um, I got a few sticks from other guys that I've collected over this over the years, but um, not not a ton of memorabilia. So. Okay, so we've taken up a ton of your time here, Kerry. As I wrap this up, I wanted to ask one. Like, other than getting to hang out with Hutch and myself, what's the best part of the Eli Wilson day? Uh, <laughs> okay, having to ha- outside of having to hang out with us. Yeah, well, that's it. That's, that is the best part of the day. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, well, no, it's definitely definitely just hanging out with the kids. The kids seem to really enjoy it. They. They all seem very enthusiastic every every year, and being able to uh, to have fun with the kids because I remember being that age and going to hockey school and and how uh, how much fun it was. So being able to return the favors, a lot of fun for me. Carrie, if there was a day with when you were growing up and you could be sitting in the locker room as a young kid with your hero, uh, who would you have been sitting down with? Who? Um, I guess at what age you would. Uh, you were to ask me this, um, I think uh, you know, really early in my my goaltending adventure, it would have been Kirk McLean when he was playing for the Canucks. You know, back in '94, '93, '94. Later on, it would have been you know Patrick, Marty, and Cujo, and then you know that kind of that kind of stuck with me until I started playing uh, playing pro. 
And is there somebody today that you haven't had a chance to meet, whether it's past or present, that you'd love to sit down with? Um, past or present? Uh, you know, I've had uh, I've had an opportunity to to talk to just about everybody I I would have wanted to talk to. I've talked with Marty. I've talked with with Patrick. I've talked with Ken Dryden. There's a lot of guys that that I've, I've had the opportunity to sit down and chat with. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I got the opportunity to, to talk with Jacques Plant's son during the, during the, um, record game ceremony. And that was a pretty cool experience being able to talk to Jacques himself would have been a pretty cool experience. Uh, what will you work on this summer? Uh, is, is if everybody tweaks a little part of their game, do you have something in mind? Uh, two pad stacks and kick saves, I guess. <laughs> right on. <laughs> uh, you know, I was at, I was telling somebody that we were going to chat with you today, and the funniest question came up. They wanted to know how the dogs are, because they remember that uh, that day a couple of years ago when the dogs got out and the, the season ticket holder got brought them back. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they're good. They're actually they stay in Kelowna, and we have the we have the neighbors' kids feed them because um, trying to trying to go back and forth between Kelowna and and Tri Cities is a little difficult when you already have two kids and strollers yeah. and all that going. So they're uh, they're doing good though. They're aging gracefully. Attaboy. Uh, which is more than we can say for the three of us. Not you, but uh, Woody, Hutch, and myself. Uh, thanks for doing this, and we look forward to catching up at, uh, at Eli's. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Gary. Talk to you later, guys. Kerry wasn't giving up uh, what he was uh, what he was working on. I could, I, you guys may buy it, but I don't think he's really working on the two pad stack. I bet he could throw a good one though. Oh, for sure, guaranteed. But I don't, I don't think it's part of this year's focus. I got to be honest with you, I, I don't like, I don't know. If there's much to work on. That's what separates the guys that are the best. They always look for new ways to improve. But I'm not sure that the general public appreciates. How good? I'm not sure the general managers appreciate how good his season was last year. Frankly, he should have been a Vesna finalist. When you get a look at the advanced numbers, um, especially through our friend Stephen Valaket uh, at ClearSight Analytics, and they track every shot in the NHL using 34 points of data per shot. To me, they're one of the most in-depth evaluators of shot quality that we have. Um, they measure things like pre-shot movement. Did it go across the slot line? Did the goalie have to shift from one side to the other? Uh, traffic, layers of traffic, uh, who's shooting, where they're shooting from, pre-shot passing, all these different elements on a shot. Um, when you measure that all and measure, measure workload, Kerry had the most goals saved sort of above average, factoring in all that quality, higher than Vasilevsky. Um, higher than, I mean, Bishop, obviously lower games, but like he was bet He was the best, like based on those numbers, he was the best. And at the very least probably deserved to be a Vesna trophy finalist this year. And I, you know, I kind of feel like maybe the start, we talked about that with him, uh, maybe watered down his raw numbers. So GMs didn't pick him. and yeah, it's tough to pick a guy who doesn't make the playoffs, but I, you know, if there were any questions about the contract and his future and was he still the best of the best, like if you really break down his season, 
those those questions were answered. He was he was freaking good for the Canadians last year. He was, and uh, he's. What struck me is he that like, like that's him, right? What what you see, the calm, the casual, never gets excited. He's he was the same on that that conversation, Hutch. <laughs> Except every now and then, you need to go snaptastic. <laughs> right. I think that was my favorite part of it. It was almost like it was calculating. <laughs> Veteran. I thought I, I thought he was going to bring up the Palmieri episode with the against the Devils a few years ago, but the but the Anaheim one was pretty good. Uh, so uh, uh, that's the interesting point. Like it's okay for a goaltender to lose it every once in a while, just just like a player. Like a goaltender shouldn't be any in my eyes shouldn't be any different. I don't want you going loony bin uh, after after you allow a second goal of a three two game. But every now and then to let it out, uh, Bennington did it in the uh, in the Dallas series. It's 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 okay. Can, what, what are your thoughts? As long as you uh, can Hutch? rope it back in. I mean, obviously we want to be calm, cool, and collected as much as we can. But but we're all human, and uh, if every now and then you let guys know how you feel, like if you can rope it back in for the next shot, it's fine by me. Or if the game's over and you want to go full full Tukarask and start chucking sticks and milk crates, well, that works too. It, it, it is an entertainment sport, isn't it? You know what we we always use the Tuka Rask one, but if if there is video on Eddie Belfour's multiple uh, dressing room remodeling uh, renovations, there that that'd be a pretty good one that uh, that we'd cite too. One had, in Vancouver in particular. I was just gonna say we had one in Vancouver, and I was covering the Canucks, and there was there was a television that we used to be on a wall that wasn't there when we walked in after the room, and and uh, and uh, I believe uh, I believe there was an invoice sent on that one. Yes, yes, there was. The uh, the in goal uh, radio podcast gear segments have become very popular as uh, Woody is sent out to uh, Source for Sports Surrey and uh, takes the the studio and and plants it in the basement. And one part about this is just a little inside uh, in goal radio podcast. Is I I listen to the gear segment beforehand, so I know a little bit about what Woody's talking about with Cam and. This week, while while I was listening to it, I jumped on the website and started surfing all over their their accessory tabs because it's just a cool little part about uh, about the website is so dynamic and has every single thing. So Woody uh, talks to Cam about accessories, including this transition between uh, what straps used to be then skate laces, and now the bungee cords on the toe ties. So Woody out in Surrey. Welcome back to the basement of the hockey shop source for sports here in Surrey, everybody's favorite goalie department in the lower mainland. And if you're online and can't get here in person, thehockeyshop.com, where we're back in goalie heaven in the basement with Cam Matwiv. And today we're going to go over an accessory, an accessory that you're going to be able to get online from thehockeyshop.com for 20% off using the code, code INGOAL20. So a little teaser there. Now we'll get into some of the different uh, the different options. Uh, we've seen it across multiple lines. CCM with EFLEX 4 now has a bungee system. Uh, Bauer has a, a bungee system, toe tie system with a new 2X Pro. Uh, Brian's Warrior. Uh, we've seen the other companies sort of move away from skate laces or at the very least add an elastic or bungee style toe tie um, to their stock or custom pads. So everybody's kind of on that train. The question becomes, what are the options if I have old sets and I want to upgrade to a bungee system 
Or what's the question if, you know, if I get a, a ties get cut, whether it's laces or elastic. We saw it with Ben Bishop the other day. A uh, player skates right through the top of his skate between his skate and his pad and severs it. You need a replacement. That's where you go to the hockey shop and the hockey shop source for sports to find your replacement. But we got some options. So, Cam, walk us through some of the different options. What do you got to start us off with? Yeah, so I got four packages in front of me here. Um, each one's a little bit different. Um, first, we'll start off with something that you're going to see on the new uh, Vaughn SLR2 uh, leg pads all throughout their line. This is their uh, bungee system that involves clips. Um, the replacement that I have on the wall is an entire bridge that will screw into a pad as long as you got the screw holes for it. Um, super simple system. You weave it through your skate same way you would laces, and then it just clips together on top of your laces. It is adjustable, so you can either shorten or lengthen it, depending on, you know, if you're a junior kid, you're obviously going to need to have it a little bit shorter all the way up into the senior sizes um so that's uh, some good adjustability there over than that um good overall system again an easy quick replacement now moving on to the brian's um so this smart toe system you'll find on their genetic four pad currently um this one is the panacord but also involves velcro um as opposed to clips that we saw in the vaunt um very simple system we'll just tie into any uh bridge that has laces already in it um Basically, again, you're weaving it through your skate, same idea, but this one Velcros together on the top of the skate, very similar to their other, their older smart strap uh, system, which we still do carry as well. Right, and similar, obviously, to the to the to what we see on the new E-Flex 4, what we see on the new 2X Pro. Again, all you need is sort of the holes in, the, in, in that binding that you would normally run, you know, in, in the past a skate lace or any other elastic system through, and you can use this one as well. Exactly, exactly. So super easy to install and honestly extremely functional. Okay, moving on. This this one's a little more unique. Um, I haven't had a chance to try this one myself. You guys have some people in the shop that have. Walk us through uh, the tow hook. So this tow hook has done really, really well for us. Um, a lot of uh, younger kids, especially, uh, their parents wanting something easy to replace the skate lace with. So the tow hook is something that actually stays permanently attached to your skate, and then you screw in the hardware that it gives you onto your current tow bridge. Um, everything's uh, instructions and everything are all included with the with the uh, package, um, and then you literally just hook on your little elastic to your pad and you're good to go so again your your skate always has this uh, little um elastic piece attached to it at all times and then you just hook and go yeah we talked about you know guys having damage lose having that skate lace get cut by you know opponents sliding into the crease the blades up whatever it is less likely with this by the looks of it that that gap between your skate and your toe there's there looks like a, a rubber or plastic sort of uh, piece that goes over top of it on the toe hook so a little less likely to have that happen i'm guessing correct yeah they've given you that extra protection for that um which is exactly what they've done um they've added again a little, little piece of rubber over top of like what would be the gap in the elastic um that gives you the slack um that helps to protect it from those skate cuts and things like that but you know these things do in inherently do happen that's why they include extras in the package how tough is it to set up uh, it takes me five minutes to do in the store. Well, you're you're brighter. So 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 five minutes for you, ten minutes for me. You're a little smarter than I am. Okay, I can I can live with ten minutes. So that's the tow hook by Rydell. Um, and last but certainly not least, uh, a simpler system but still slightly better than or better than skate laces. 
Um, we've got the Bauer toe laces, the CRS stretch pack. Uh, you sell that as well here. Benefits of that uh, as an option to the other two. So something that's been around uh, a little bit longer than everything else that we've talked about. You saw it on the 1S pads. Um, once again, if you still kind of like the concept of laces, but you want a little bit more elasticity to that lace, this is the way to go. Yeah, and you can still, the, other, the thing that we liked about this one uh, back when we were testing 1S and then with 2S Pro is you can still sort of create a gap there. Um, if you don't want it to be too tight, again, the idea of elastic is you can have a tight connection to the pad. It pulls back when you get back up out of the butterfly, pulls you back to middle, but you also sort of, you know, you have flexibility to get that skate to the ice. Some guys want a little bit of a gap there. This is kind of a best of both worlds. In my opinion, you can kind of, you can still tie a knot or two, but you don't have to put as many knots or have it as sloppy as you would with a skate lace, but you can still make it easier for that pad to get to the ice or that skate to get to the ice when you're in the butterfly. Exactly, exactly. And that's, uh, again, one of the best benefits of it and why we recommend it. Also cheaper, $9.99 for the Bauer uh, CRS toe lace. Uh, the other three options that we talked about, the toe hook by Rydell, uh, the smart strap system by Brian's, uh, and Vaughn's new bungee two-pack, all retail at $30, $29.99, uh, you know, because that sounds better. Um, but of course, if you go online to the hockey shop.com or check them out at hockey shop source for sports and use the code in goal 20, you can get 20% off that as well. Cam, thank you very much for walking us through these options. Uh, we talk a lot about the big brands here. Um, but I think it's the little details that you guys understand, whether it's the glove, the sort of batting glove with the padding, uh, or things like this that sort of separate you guys from everyone else. And we appreciate you walking us through it. Thanks, Kevin. The great Cam and Woody doing their thing. You guys should take that uh, on the on the rubber chicken circuit. How many dinners do you think you guys could get hired for <laughs> out there, Woody? I'm still trying to figure out what a rubber chicken circuit is. Oh, yeah, the, like on, the, the dinners. The the come Anytime. on. They serve rubber chicken at any large dinner for a group of people. So conferences and. So clearly the fact that I've never been in, invited onto the rubber chicken circuit to this point <laughs> tells you the likelihood of me succeeding. Maybe Cam can drive those sales and drive those invitations, but I'm not a guy that gets invited to these things. So I guess uh, Here, you know, I'll just go wallow back in my corner. I've got, I've got one for you. You could be invited to, well, I'll give you a choice. Would you like to be at Sorcerer Sports Surrey in the hockey shop, hockeyshop.com? Would you like to be their mask tester? Or would you like to be the person nominated to test their cups? Ooh. See? That? That's... Yeah. I'm going mask. Yeah. Yeah, because I sort of trust the new technology in masks a lot more. And, you know, I kind of enjoy the smell <laughs> of burning rubber. So, you know, like I uh, had one of those a couple of weeks ago where the guy got me and he, that, that distinct smell, like somebody just did a burnout in the parking lot filling your nostrils. That appeals to me a little more than a cup check every couple I'm, seconds. I'm, Although I got to say, I have literally here, we've, we've demoed it. Um, I don't know if they sell it at the hockey shop yet, but we have a bulletproof cup. Like quite literally, U.S. military grade. Work, they have contracts with the U.S. military bulletproof cup. Now, I haven't tested that one. I'm not sure I want to line up to take a 38 slug off the... Uh, off the, the 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 special area, even though it's uh, you know I'm done with kids, so I don't need it anymore. But uh, yeah, I'm going with mass testing. I bet you uh, wouldn't need uh, need to search too far for people to volunteer to shoot at. <laughs> I'm struggling to imagine U.S. Navy SEALs running around with cups on. 
No, it's yeah. I mean just the grade of the it's the well, yeah, I mean not body armor, right? Body armor. Hey, listen. In terms of lining up to take shots at the head, um that reminds me of the one and only time where I was I was this close. It's every goal beerly goalie's dream to like I get the e-bug thing and that would be cool, yeah. especially if you turned into Scott Foster, right? The reality is I would crap the bed and be terrible. Scott Foster, that's what makes it so great. He was just great. Um but the e-bugs almost never get in. Like to me, I the dream is to just just to experience a practice, right? Like to be the the guy who gets invited to fill in at practice. And I list no pretenses. They're gonna light me up like the fourth of July. I'm gonna get roasted, but I still wanna see what it's like. Well, once I almost got close, um, was doing some off-ice work uh with Eddie Lack. And the Canucks were doing their, you know, the, everybody comes back in August and starts skating. And Eddie wanted nothing to do with it because he was busy focusing on the work we were doing with Alex Ald on the ice. I was running video and 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 we we're helping him get ready for the season. And I said, like, I'm like, well, you don't want to do it. Throw me in, put me in, coach, right? And so he, so it was all set up. I was supposed to go out the next day and I was gonna get my shot to be the practice goalie. And that night he forwarded me a screenshot of one. The text response when he confirmed that I was in. I won't name the player, uh, but the response was, "That's great. The boys will all shoot at his head." <laughs> so I went to bed that night as a guy who's had multiple concussions, going, "Man, like these, like I want to see NHL shots. I'm not sure I want them all directed at my noggin." So I, he was probably just joking, but as a guy in the media and the relationship with the media and here, like I was a little nervous. Thankfully. One of our former guests on this podcast bailed me out. Ryan Miller arrived in town that night and decided the next morning that he really wanted to come out and skate with the boys. And so I lost my spot uh, to the winningest goaltender in American hockey and maybe in the process saved my brain. Ryan Miller, dream crusher. Yeah, exactly. no, probably lifesaver. <laughs> Ryan Miller, lifesaver. You know, there's there's people out there that would have still went out and made it a three-goalie loop. Yeah, because I'm subbing out Ryan Miller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, and you're just standing in the corner, tapping your stick on the boards like, hey, buddy, let's go. It's Mil- a rotation. Millsy, take a break. I'm in. I got this one. Hutch, uh, Eli Wilson and the uh, the day with Carey Price and how to yeah, get involved. Yeah, would love to see uh, some people from, from the podcast join us on August 18 in uh, Summerland, British Columbia. That's right near Kelowna. And uh, if you are interested in learning more or uh, joining us, you can go to EliWilsonGoaltending.com. Little tab up at the top for camps and you'll see it listed right up there. Yeah. And just to add to that, um, Hutch, you mentioned earlier that uh, the camp price includes a full set of CCM custom ordered, whether you want eFlex or Premier 2 gear. Uh, You said today is the last day because you have to get those orders in and then everything changes and obviously the price adjusts with it. Today is obviously May 8th, the day we launched the podcast. So if you're interested in getting in and getting in with a full set of gear, uh, you need to listen to this pretty (laughs) quick and get on that website ASAP. Today is in May 8th, not today is in next Tuesday, the last day of the podcast before that. For sure, but if you are a little bit late, uh, there's still going to be lots of goodies. Uh, Everybody walks away with a signed carry price stick. Uh, there'll be a jersey. There'll be some products from BioSteel. I think there might even be a few in-goal things for people. And Carrie is so Under generous Armour. with his time at the end as well. So inevitably, kids are lining up with various pieces of gear for him to sign as well. 
uh, you, you'll come away with a lot more than just the memories of the day, but those memories are plenty for sure. Plus, you get to hang out with the in goal guys. As Kerry said, which, that's the best part of the summer, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just a little bonus thing that, uh, that we're going to, to throw in. Uh, listener questions, incredible feedback uh, the last uh, few weeks. So we really appreciate you guys uh, jumping in, uh, the listeners. And if, uh, if you want something asked, if you have something on the top of mind, Hutch, how do they get in touch with us? Uh, that would be podcast at ingolmag.com. Send, send us your questions uh, by email and we'll uh, get as many as we can on the air. And we'll, uh, we'll also be taking your questions at our live podcast coming up at uh, Tandy Fest uh, at the end of the month at Burnaby Eight Rings. Uh, looking forward to that. So Ryan Miller, we have that uh, connection uh, as he stops by and ruins the dream of one uh, Kevin Woodley. But he was on the program a couple of weeks ago. Carrie Price today. You never know who's going to pop up. But I will say Sean Burke is going to be on the program next week. I can guarantee that. And Woody, just a bit of a tee up off the top of your head uh burke's burke's a good one yeah it's one of the better ones we've had actually you know we joked about fitting carrie price in honestly it took a guy of carrie price's stature to bump sean burke back a week because the the interview we had with him was just that exceptional and i guess for our listeners even better um sean was so gracious with his time i think we went like 50 minutes so you're Mm -hmm. the bonus for everyone when they come back next week to tune in less of us more of him I know I was worried that we were going too long and, and Woody's just like, he's giving me the signal. It's okay. I'll, I'll just keep going. I'll just. <laughs> what happens when you get me after my fourth cup of coffee? <laughs> get me going. Uh, it's be- hard to get me to stop. Uh, thanks to uh, Carrie and Cam on behalf of Hutch and Woody. I'm Darren Millard. Uh, thanks for listening. Keep your heel down, your toe up and that glove open and catch everything that you can. This is In Goal Radio, the podcast presented by Source for Sports Surrey, the hockey shop at thehockeyshop.com. <laughs>